What's up, everybody? It's your man, Plyrock. And before we get started with today's podcast, just wanted to take this opportunity to remind you to please follow us on Facebook at Ply and the Moldog. That's P-L-Y-A-N-D-T-H-E-D-A-W-G, Ply and the Moldog. You can also find our live video game show most nights of the week at Plyrock Gamer on Facebook. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Plyrock Gamer, P-L-Y-R-O-C-K-G-A-M-E-R. We appreciate all the support. We'd love it if you dropped us some feedback, a subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. It really helps out the show. Thank you so much and enjoy. Meeting at the intersection of entertainment and knowledge, of greatness and destiny, comes the greatest sports video game movie podcast on today. Please welcome in your hosts, Plyrock and Mitch the Moldaw. Next segment. Here we go. All right, guys. Are you ready? Have your pens and papers ready. I hope you guys are ready for this fight. This is going to be a fight. And our lists are probably going to be completely different because I left this wide open for Moldog. And I know for you guys, too. So right now, in the next segment, we are going to be going over the top 10 science fiction movies of all time. And here are the rules. Because Bananas has limited me to three honorable mentions, I have officially broken the record, and I have 3,226 honorable mentions before we get to the top ten list. I'm kidding. I actually have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have eight honorable mentions. Before we get to the top 10 list. So I hope you guys are ready. I hope you have your lists ready too. I hope you're ready to debate it. Because there are some great films. On these lists I am sure. And you guys are going to be. Maybe slightly perturbed. By some films I left. Off the list. On purpose. As is always the case. Yes. I left some films off the list and I will explain the reasoning if anybody shouts out those films. Okay. All right. So you want me to start Moldog with my couple of my honorable mentions. We'll go into a couple of your honorable mentions. You go ahead. Here's, here's my two quick rules. I always say two rules and then I usually give you three rules too. All right. First of all, I know we're going to argue as to what actually now the, it's going to come up. That's not sci-fi. That's this. That okay. I expect a certain amount of that. That's fine. Yeah. Second is you now in the interest of full disclosure, mm-hmm. not my favorite genre. Um, by far not my favorite genre. Okay. So I I, <clears throat> I expect your list to be uh, you now come up with a number of things that I've never saw. So I'll put that out there right now. Okay. And I expect my list to maybe at least throw you something. Some chum that may be a little out of the box that that you'll kind of give it a head nod, and then some of these you will just absolutely blow me up and yell at me and 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 degrade me. And uh, I would never wait a minute. I would never never degrade you. That's not fair. You are an asshole, but I would never degrade you. (laughs) All right, so those are good rules. All right, so here's a few of my honorable mentions. My first honorable mention is Blade Runner. 
with Harrison Ford. Now, the reason I included it on an honorable mention and not on my top 10 list is because I think the movie sucks. I hate it. I fall asleep every time I've tried to watch it. I think it's the most boring science fiction film ever made. All right, don't at me, bro. But I recognize that a lot of people love it, and it's good filmmaking for those who do love it. I recognize that that it has a huge fan base. But no, it's boring as shit. But I thought that's why I put it on my honorable mention list. Another one of my honorable mentions before we get to Moldog is Planet of the Apes. The original with Charlton Heston. Uh, fantastic film. The, by the way, the new trilogy of Planet of the Apes, I would argue, are actually better. But for this list of top tens, I went with the original ideas from the original science fiction films. I think the new trilogy of Planet of the Apes is amazing. Amazing filmmaking. Um, and that's the only sliver of hope I have for the new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson is because Matthew Reeves is directing it, which I will not see in the theater, by the way. Don't even try it, Moldog. I'm not going to see the Batman in the theater. But Matthew Reeves is an unbelievable director, and the Planet of the Apes trilogy was absolutely amazing, the new one. But the original movie was the first to bring up those themes, was the first to have the twist ending, was very daring in its day for what it pulled off. So that's also on my So give me an honorable mention of yours before I go over my next 28 honorable mentions. All right, you ready for honorable mention number one? All right, that Bulldog is going to shock the Ply Rock Nation, and he is going to take a movie from 1980. <laughs> oh, no shit. What is it? All right, Ply. Honorable mention number one. Altered States. Altered States? I'm drawing a brain fart. Oh, Who man. was in it? never seen Altered States? No. Your first rip, and I'm already whiffing. What, who, who was in it? Oh, great. Who directed it? Who produced it? Who direct? I never know who directed I'm lucky if I know who directed I've never seen it. Who's Austin. in the movie? What, give me it. What's it about? Give me a brief synopsis. Well, they kind of put these people into kind of one room. They give them a lot of psychedelic drugs and kind of effing with their brains a little bit to see what they can kind of turn them into. And they kind of t- – it's um, it's the guy, dude, the – William Hurt. William Hurt. Oh, William Hurt. Okay. Early, yeah, early William Hurt. Is that William and, Hurt? Uh, William Hurt's the guy who had the alien come out of his chest, right? Yes. Okay, okay. So I know who William Hurt is. Okay. He's also from 1984, George Orwell. You know, I never saw the movie. Oh, okay. Well, you could, it's actually been renamed. It's called 2020. Very early. <laughs> but anyway. Very early Drew Barrymore also. Oh, by the way, let's slow it down for one second. Preacher with 800 ply coins coming into the Ply and the Muldog podcast. Thank you so much, Preacher. I would normally give a chair dance. I love you, brother. However, we are recording the podcast as well. We appreciate all the support, you sexy bastard. We love you. That is why Preacher is the man. Preacher is... He knows what he's doing. Preacher Preacher and the man. Yeah. Preacher and the plot. Preacher and the plot. All right. So so altered states. All right. All right. That's a good one, dude. back and catch up on it but anyway all i right, like continue. it all right another one of my honorable mentions was escape from new york john carpenter film 
Uh, oh, Preacher wants a chair dance from the Moldog. All right, on three, Moldog, are you ready? We're going to give you one. One. Just ready? Two. Three, go. You knew what type of chair I had. I don't have ply studio quality chair. <laughs> All right, there you go, Preach. That's because I love you. Okay, so Escape from New York, uh, not including the garbage dumpster fire Escape from L.A., that awful sequel. Ugh. But Escape from New York was fantastic. Never really... They, it was just such an original idea at the time. Kurt Russell, obviously amazing. So many video game characters and so many movie characters were totally, totally ripped off from Snake Plissken and Escape from New York. It has to be on an honorable mentions list. I'm going to give you another one. Now, if I hit any of these that are anywhere on your uh, list, you know, let me know. Just so I won't talk about it too much so we can talk about it when we get to it, okay? District 9 was another one on my honorable mentions list. Moldog, have you ever seen District 9? I've never seen District 9. Okay. I can never pronounce the guy's name who's in the movie. It was a South African movie. But it became a pretty big uh, box office hit around the world. And it was about these uh, aliens that who had landed on Earth, but humans had put them like in ghettos where they were living among humans, but they had to live like uh, ghettos. By the way, Greg from the Baltimore contingent is here. Wanted me to say yeah. hi real quick. So let My me. man, what's uh, up? All right, let's shout him out. But uh, so anyway, the. The movie was made for literally like $10 million, all right? But it looked like, it literally looked like it was made for like $100 million. And it was so, so good. If you've never seen District 9, you've got to see the movie. It's amazing. So write that one down, Muldog. You have to see that one. Because I can't really right, talk yep. about it unless you've seen it because it's so it's so good. Um, I'm going to throw out a few more just to get through my honorable mentions because I have so many. Um, Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey, directed by Christopher Nolan. Fantastic science fiction film. Predator is on my honorable mentions list. It did not make... Is it on your honorable mentions? As, okay. as was Escape from New York. Okay, good. Uh, we got more overlap than I thought so far. I think it's going to get uglier a little later. Okay. The reason Predator's not on my top ten is because I don't think of that first and foremost as a science fiction film. I think of that more as a horror action film, but it has so many elements from so many different genres in it. I think the science fiction part of that movie is the weakest part, and I think the horror is the best part, and I think the action's kind of... You know, right below the horror and the suspense, and then the science fiction kind of is like the groundwork. So that's the re. The Predator has so many genres and could be on so many top ten lists for everything it does because it's the perfect movie ever made. It just, it's just not quite that science fiction film. It's more of a horror slasher action film. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. Okay, uh, the thing, John Carpenter's the thing. Another one of my honorable mentions. Um, 
brilliant filmmaking. Everybody hated it when it came out, by the way, and I'll explain why later as we get up my top ten. Um, but aged extremely well and one of the most suspenseful, scary, who-the-fuck-do-you-trust movies ever made. Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. Ooh. Not familiar with that one. Ooh. Bro, write it down. Write it down. Another Christopher Nolan film where these guys go into people's dreams. And Leonardo DiCaprio is amazing in that film. You have to see it. If you haven't seen Inception, you got, you owe it to yourself, Moldog, to see Inception. It's as... You're going to need to be quarantined till 2026 for me to catch up well, on all the movies you give me. I've already... I'll write it down, Inception. Inception. And then my last honorable mention before you finish your honorable mentions, Minority Report with Tom Cruise. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Minority Report is an honorable mention? Yes. So I won't we'll talk about it then. I will, I will, then we will leave okay. that one alone. We'll leave Minority Report alone. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, so those right, are my so honorables. Look, what do you got? Okay, all right, we got some over. I got a, uh, got a couple honorables here. Um, about Men in Black as an honorable mention. That's a good one. I thought of it more of as, as a comedy. It was more of a comedy to me, but I completely do not disagree with your pick. Okay, all right. So we're at least clean. We're not getting we're not getting derided yet. Nope. Um, how we feel about uh, Back to the Future as a sci-fi movie. That's your honorable mention? Yes. Okay. I did not include that because I thought that as like the quintessential 80s comedy. Okay. That's where it's, I kind of had a question mark. Is it, a, is it sci-fi? Now, somebody, somebody already came a lot in of these films on the chat touting Back to the Future. Yeah, it was, so it was Jessica. Who else... It was Jessica. Who else brings pitchforks? But it was the science fiction element to the film, for the most part, on my top ten, had to override. It had to be like the, like when you went to Video Galaxy when you were a kid, or you went to Blockbuster Video when you were a teenager, or you went to On Demand when you were in your early 20s, or you went to Netflix in your 30s, or you put on your VR headset and finish watching porn in your 40s. Whatever you were doing, if you click the science fiction tab, that's when you'd get science fiction movies. Like, it had to be in that section. Not in action, not in comedy, not in... Like, it'd have to... It, the, it'd have to be mostly science fiction, is what I'm trying to say. So, like, hot you tub... Just, you just got... You just got all capped by Jessica. So, like, think of it like this. Think of, think of it like this. With her argument, Hot Tub Time Machine is a science fiction film. <laughs> Idiocracy is a science fiction film. Beavis and Butthead Do America is a science fiction film. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a science fiction film. It has fake science with fake science. Every movie has fucking fake science. Like, that's not even an argument, the Chaz. Every movie is full of fake science. It's make-believe. Movies are make-believe. Everything's fake. So, 
with that argument, you'd have to put those movies into the science fiction category, and they're not. They're comedies. They have science fiction elements. Let's look at it like this. When you bake a cake, you put eggs in it. It's not fucking breakfast food just because there's eggs in it. Oh, no, careful. You were going to get on that hamburger sandwich thing again. No, I know, Why? but it, it's not a... Listen, birth, eating chocolate cake in the morning, it's not necessarily breakfast food because there's eggs in it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's dessert. It's mostly dessert with breakfast food elements in it. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. You know? So, anyway, they're going to get fired up and pissed off at this list. But that's why I designed it the way I did. All right. <laughs> What's your number 10? <laughs> oh, my, well, my last... I'm, oh. I'm, still, get, I'm still, still getting shit for Rocky 2 five, five, five podcasts ago. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Yeah, shame on it. you, by oh, the my way. Last, yeah, my last honorable mention. And I think this is one of these that falls into a category of maybe I liked better than other people liked mm-hmm. is uh the running man Ooh, that's a good one i i don't know if i'd put it up there in classic mode but uh great film those are my those are my honorable mentions nothing by the way did you ever read the book no the book was written by stephen king did not know that he wrote it under a pseudonym called richard bachman there you go and the book is, the movie is slightly based on the book. Kind of like The Lawnmower Man, only The Running Man's good and The Lawnmower Man's trash. So, that's a good movie though, man. You know, that that's kind of where Arnold starts to really come into his own. So, that's good stuff. Alright, we ready okay. for the top ten? Let's do it. What's your number ten, bro? My number ten. Oh, this is where I start to get yelled at. Okay, my number 10, Jurassic Park. That's your number 10? That's your number 10? I'm scared. That's your number 10? Like, Um, I don't know. All right, podcast over, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Clearly, we're not professionals. Clearly, we're not professionals. (laughs) We don't know what we're doing when it comes to cinema. So fuck this. Based on what you're saying, it's either your number one or you think it's the worst movie ever. I can't tell by your tone. All right. Well, I'm going right to my number 10 because we'll talk about Jurassic Park later. Ah, meaning it's higher on your list. I like it. All right. My number 10 is AI, artificial intelligence. I'm just going to let that one sit. You never saw it? it? Uh, Jessica is asking which Jurassic Park, uh, the good Jurassic Park, the first one. So (laughs) AI artificial intelligence was a movie and a script that Stanley Kubrick was working on for a very long time. Okay. He passed away before he was able to make artificial intelligence. Steven Spielberg being good friends with Stanley Kubrick picked it up and finished it, and wrote it, and finished it. It is one of the most beautiful retellings of Pinocchio ever. And all this little, without spoiling anything, the the story, it's Haley Joel Osment when he was young and cute. 
and Jude Law is in it too, and a lot of other famous. Oh, so is William Hurt? William Hurt. Yes, William Hurt too. Yes. Um, it is all this little robot boy wants to do is spend time, and he wants his mommy to love him. And it really dives deep into what is life and what is not life. Where does the line of life, where is it drawn? Is it the consciousness? I think, therefore, I am. Is it biological? Does it have, do you know what I mean? Do, do you have to have actual living matter to be considered live? Or can something that looks biological uh, be considered alive if it thinks on its own? Is it thinking on its own? Or is it just going through your programming that you've given it? It is a clearly, it's a, critics were kind of tough on it when it came out. It's a little over long, probably could have cut 10, 15 minutes from it. But Spielberg was so in love with what he was doing. It's, you know, it's a long film. And uh, it's a love letter to Stanley Kubrick as well. It still feels like a Steven Spielberg movie. Like it's, it's, it's not quite, you know, Stanley Kubrick completely. But it is, it's. It's really, it really, really fundamentally, and it doesn't answer the question for you, by the way, in a way that it's still, it, it presents to you its argument, but lets you have your own counter argument or, or agreement or disagreement with the film. It's really brilliant filmmaking, and it's, it's actually not given the respect it deserves, to be honest with you. It's one of my personal, everybody needs to see it kind of you know what i mean if you're a science fiction fan it really even more so than i robot with will smith which didn't make my list it really takes that isaac asimov what is alive rules of robots everything and really pushes it forward with what truly constitutes life it it really is and i think a lot of the chat liked uh ai as well um it's sad as shit, though. So just get your get your Kleenex ready. Haley Joel Osment <laughs> is amazing in it. I think it's a better performance than uh, than um, I see Dead People too. I think I see Dead People just kind of makes him famous, but uh, AI is it's amazing filmmaking. That's my number ten. All right. What's your number nine? Number nine. Total Recall. That's your number nine? Man. Oh. Yeah, that's my number nine. What do you got to say about it, punk? All right, so we're going to wait on Total Recall then. <laughs> Obviously higher on Bly's list. All right. Let me, um, I'm not skipping over you. I just, we're only going to talk about these films once each. So we're going to, right. right. we are going to dive into these films once we get to them, wherever they show up or don't show up on the lists. My number nine is Wally. Wally. I know you've seen that, Moldog. I've never seen Wally. I know what it is, though. You've never seen Wally either. I can picture. I can. I can picture. I can picture the little robot guy there in it. You've never seen I've it. I've never seen Wally. Are you? No. I saw. You... Da- I saw Daryl. That count? You ever seen Daryl? That movie sucks. That's 80s cheese. That movie was fantastic. 
Wally was extremely good science fiction wrapped up in, you know, Disney. Okay. You know, it was a lot of heart, a lot of soul in the movie, a lot of themes about uh, where the human race could go if we don't kind of take care of each other and where we live better. Um, but that was kind of the backdrop to another artificial intelligence type story of a robot who lived so long, kind of became self-aware and had feelings and was Wally really alive or not, you know, and love and, and, uh, you know, the original emotion, you know, from love derives all emotions, you know, it's really powerful stuff. Wally. It's a good film. Okay. Good film. Alright. Uh, what's your number eight? Number eight. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Wow. I'm gonna have to pull a uh, I'm a fucking asshole on this one. That's not even on my list. I com- Ooh, That's a hole. That- I, and I do my list from... Listen, I don't do my list from Google. I don't do my list from... I mean, I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of a uh, of an age gap here in terms of the movies that were popular when you were younger that hit harder, uh, and the movies when I was younger that hit harder. So I totally get that. But shame on me for not including Terry Garner Prime on uh, the list. That was Terry Gar, wasn't it? Okay, Richard Dreyfus too, right? Who I don't know who that is, but wasn't Terry Gar? The wife? Oh, no. Yeah, I believe so. She was in Young Frankenstein. Rich, Rich, yeah, Richard <clears throat> Dreyfus and... and uh... Yeah, I had a crush on her when I was little, when I saw Young Frankenstein. So I just remember Terry Gar. Loved her when I was like five years old. I'm like, I don't know why I love her so much, but I love her. But she was Dreyfus's wife in the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie, man. Close Encounters of the Third Kind was a good movie. Shame on me. Shame on All me. Right. That's when Spielberg, like, like really was, like, a filmmaker. Like, that was before Spielberg. Like, that was the Jaws, Close Encounters era of his career where he didn't give a Like, he made the movie he wanted to make. You know? And and he had Dreyfus. He had Dreyfus in Jaws and he had Dreyfus in uh, Close Encounters. Yeah, and he just, uh, he kind of, he lost his, like, he's still, like, with the best, like, one of the best filmmakers of all time. But he lost that edge as he got older. And you can clearly tell with like War of the Worlds. He kind of like he lost the guts to go the whole way with what he was trying to do. You could tell at the end of War of the Worlds. You know, War of the Worlds, fantastic science fiction film. And it doesn't make my list, even though Tom Cruise is in it and he should have gotten a Best Actor Award for every movie he's ever been in. But it doesn't make the list because the ending is so shitty and cop-out shitty that it goes from an A- minus an a, a solid A movie to like a B-minus movie just based on the ending. And I'm not talking about the H.G. Wells ending from the novel about the virus that kills the aliens. Like, that's okay. I'm talking about the family ending in War of the Worlds is so vomit-inducing it's like Spielberg like almost went there and it would have been so brave to go there and, f- and finish the story. 
and he cops out and backtracks and like it's just awful you know and probably david Coep wrote the script and they were just sitting around going well we don't want people to be too upset when they leave the theater like oh it just it ruins the whole movie man it makes me not want to watch it more than two or three times a year you know (laughs) (laughs) so hey shout out shout out to my boy the noggy doggy from uh from the Naugatuck Valley, Naugatuck, Connecticut, my boy Scott. Thanks for coming over, finding us on Twitch. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Good to see you, my friend. Come on. What is what's your number eight? My number eight. That number eight? That was my number eight. Okay. So Close Encounters was my eight. So yeah. my number eight now. It's my turn. Yeah. Yes. My number eight. And it had to be somewhere on this list. And I had to pick the best one out of all the movies. And the first movie really wasn't that good. It was way over preachy and way overblown. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan. A far superior film to Star Trek The Motion Picture. But if Star yes, Trek... Not, yes. If Star Trek is not on your top ten science fiction lists then you ain't a science fiction fan. So you had to find the Star Trek film that really went for it, and it was clearly Star Trek 2. Star Trek 1 was like they tried to go to Stanley Kubrick in something that really wasn't made to be Stanley Kubrick-ish, and it was too, like, apretic. Is that even a real fucking word? Apretic. And it just didn't, it kind of fell flat. It fell flat. It was, a de- it's an okay movie. It's boring, to be honest with you. It's 20 minutes of Spock in a spacesuit. <laughs> Jim, I see something. <laughs> I guess the whole movie. And then V'ger, V'ger says this, V'ger says that. Like, it was just not. But Star Trek 2, they were like, let's do it. And they did it. And then Star Trek 3 was okay. And Star Trek 4 was really funny and good, but they're not Star Trek 2, you know? So that's my number, that's my number eight, the Rat Con! Like, that's the only time William Shatner ever acted decently. Star Trek 2. And Ply, I don't know, I don't know if this is true, so you're going to have to, you're going to have to check this because you know these crazy parts. My, my boy, my boy, uh, the Noggy Doggy. I don't know if he's referring to Wall-E or if he's referring to War of the Worlds because you brought that up. But he says, tell Ply where they recorded the end of the world scenes. The end of the world scenes were recorded in Naugatuck, Connecticut at the old Uniroyal plant. Is that, so, the, is that, is he talking about the movie End of the World? End of the world scenes. I, Hey, hey, Noggy Doggy, uh, I know you can or is hear he talking me. Chime about... in, tell, tell me what, what movie you're talking about here. That's interesting, because uh, Naugatuck, Connecticut was known for uh, making tires for uh, years and years and years. Yeah, and, there's a uh, lot of know. factories out there, Un- unused <laughs> factories. A lot of shut down, yeah, yeah. a lot of shut down factories. That have the Valley, into, uh, yeah. Oh, and, Nog- and Naugatuck is, uh, that's the heart of the Valley, too, that it's... Uh, What's your uh, while we wait on while we wait on scooter? What is your number seven? I I had to can only pick one. 
Okay. I lost you. Oh, there you go. Okay. I like, you know, like you said with Star Trek, you know, you had to pick one. You picked Rapcon. I had to pick one of these. And the one I liked the best was uh, um, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Okay. All right. So let's just go back real quick to Scooter before we talked about Mad Max and the shitty third one with Tina Turner. So War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise was filmed in Naugatuck, Connecticut. Okay. End of the world scene, supposedly. That makes sense. I don't know if that's true or not, but I believe him. Well, I mean, Naugatuck kind of looks like the end of the world. No, because he does make his way north. In the movie, they are making their way north to Boston to... um, to get to the mom. So it makes sense that that would be like, they'd stop in Connecticut and they would use scenery from somewhere in Connecticut or Massachusetts or wherever before they get to Boston on their journey in the film. So it is, it is plausible. It is believable. I do believe it. That gets a ply rock burger. That's a great piece of trivia. It <laughs> gets a ply rock. So, okay, so you said Mad Max was your number seven beyond Thunderdome? Yes. Yeah. The watered-down American PG-13 version? Uh, I remember, I was like, not sure what year it came out. I want to say I was like 16, and I saw it at the drive-in. Was it the uh, Tina Turner one? Was it the third? I believe, I believe Thunderdome was the third installment. Yeah, the one with Tina Turner. She runs Thunderdome. Yes. That movie sucked. Oh, that, yeah, that was the one with <laughs> 1985, so I was 17, so I wasn't far off. Oh. I saw it at the drive-in. Well, you know, oh, I like... Now we're going to fight. Maybe that's, more, maybe that's more of a testament to uh, had a good night at the drive-in, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, but, okay. Uh, okay. All right, well, then that's a great you know, movie. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to go back. Hey, I'm a good wingman. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. So there you go. I don't know. We're 35 years ago, man. Yeah. No. No. Break. No. Yeah. No. I am. I am. It's just uh, the first, the second film. I think is the best film out of the original three. Mad Max. I think the and Road Warrior. Be. The Road Warrior. The original was like a good idea with a, a way too low of a budget. Uh-huh. And the second one was like that was the quintessential Mad Max film until we got the Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron, Mad Max Fury Road, which was really good too. But the third one, I just remember it was kind of like Conan the Barbarian was a really good film and it was R rated and it was hard and it was edgy. And then Hollywood, like in, in Major League, same thing. Hollywood would come out with these hard. R-rated, edgy films, RoboCop, uh, Major League, uh, Mad Max. But then they would try to like capture more box office and more of an audience. Like Generally, PG-13 films do way better at the box office than R-rated films, generally. Joker aside and some other big hits, right? So they would always like water down, like Expendables 3, there's another one that sucked. They always they, they always try to sometimes to water down the idea or the product 
to get it to that PG-13 level. But it ruins the original spirit of the characters in the story. So I, I would challenge you to go back and watch Mad Max and watch Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and come back with a report and tell me in honesty, your honest take on what was a better film after you've refreshed your memory and seen them a second time. Fair enough. So I don't, I think Mad Max is such an endearing character. I don't disagree with you on the character of the franchise. I just would say the third one is it's you'll if you, and if you still like it, I'll respect your opinion. You know what I mean? I just, you'll see the second one and you'll be like, that was a, I, th- I would think just logically you'd be like, that's a better film. Okay. But Mad Max deserves to be on your list. So I'm not knocking the actual franchise pick, but like RoboCop three garbage, you know? So we got a comment here. They tried doing that with Deadpool. It was rated R. And then those 1 million mom groups complained that it should be PG-13. And they made a Deadpool Christmas movie that was PG... They made a Deadpool Christmas movie? I didn't know that. I know Deadpool's in Fortnite. Wow, there's a giant fucking bug on my microphone. Like, holy shit. (laughs) That thing was huge. Hey, Arachnophobia's on my list. What was that thing? Holy crap. Because you live in the woods. Don't worry, PETA. I didn't hurt the bug. All right? I didn't hurt the bug. All right. Anyway. Um, Pitch Black's a good one. Disembodied Voice. It's not on my list, but that is a good film. All right. So, my number seven. Okay. By the way, Noggy Scooter, thank you so much for the follow. Welcome to the ply rock nation here on twitch make sure you're also following us on facebook gaming we appreciate it and thank you so much for the uh, awesome trivia on war of the worlds with tom cruise the greatest actor who ever lived all right number seven the abyss oh <laughs> i got you didn't i you got me with close yeah. encounters i just got you with the abyss yeah, that's. Oh. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, man. No, no, no argument. No, there's no argument here. Yes. The Abyss. No so good. That's when James Cameron was a filmmaker, man. That's bef- that's pre-Avatar garbage. Like right, like that's Terminator, Aliens, The Abyss. Like Michael Bean is in everything, bro. Like, like he's such a good film. Such a good film. So powerful. Ed Harris, amazing. Mary Uh, Elizabeth Mastriantonio. Antonio, yep. Yeah, she was awesome. Michael Bean, awesome. Filming that movie underwater, amazing. Amazing. The Abyss. If you if science fiction fans haven't seen The Abyss, unbelievable film. And so many movies try to rip it off. Deep Star Six was one of them. Um, trying to think of some other ones. Sphere. 
was uh was a way better novel than it was a movie by the way but sphere there's a with dustin hoffman uh sharon stone i think was in that too and Lawrence fishburne but i could be wrong um but the abyss is the quintessential underwater monster slash uh science fiction film do you agree Muldog? yeah no the abyss was a this was a big miss uh, on my part. Hey, man, yeah. I miss yeah. Close Encounters, so yep. I uh, hear you. All right, what's your uh, what's your next one? What number are you on? Six. Okay. Right, now it's, it's going to get dicey. Things are going to get dicey. I feel it. I feel the dice factor. Coming. Okay. My number six, Clockwork Orange. <sighs> okay. Um. You got a Kubrick. That's okay. I didn't put it on there because I didn't. I really didn't like the film at all. Uh, Makes me uncomfortable and sick. Uh, I I I recognize that that's one. uh, Obviously, Kubrick. We're back to Kubrick because how can you not talk about Kubrick, right? But I. I guess I have only seen it once and I was forced to read the novel when I was in high school. And the story doesn't resonate with me and the movie makes me sick in terms of the way people are treated. I got like I'm I'm not a snowflake, so it's easy for me to I, I don't care if I'm uncomfortable in a movie. Like I'm not like, oh I'm uncomfortable. But that that opening scene in the movie was so and I understand the whole point of it was the the barbarity of the crime but it's so even for the 70s Roddy McDowell right wasn't it Roddy McDowell even for the 70s it was so over the t- I remember seeing it when I was a kid they like made us watch it I think we had to watch it in high school and it was just like eh, I just shoot these assholes in the face and this this scene would be over like, you know, this whole, this whole story is going to last about four minutes. I'm just going to come into my fucking house, get off my lawn, you know. But uh, I recognize that it belongs on a list. So I, I that, that's not a disrespect to your pick. Like, it, it, it yeah, does. Yeah, the, the disturbing factor, I, I give you that. The disturbing factor is very, very high. Yeah, it just... A little too much for me, for me. And I like, and I like the movie saw, you know, but those people deserved it. So, um, (laughs) preacher saying, I love clockwork orange. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable. It's brilliant. It's an interesting commentary on human. Yeah. I'm not knocking the pick dude. Like, that's what I mean. Like I've just, it's not my, I mean, if I'm going to watch a commentary on humanity and modern society, I'll watch Dirty Harry because that's my style of taking care of the worst of humanity. So I just, you know, it is tough. It, but Kubrick's brilliant. And don't think I uh, don't think we ignore Kubrick on this list. Trust me. Just not my favorite Kubrick film. And it's, prob- right. it's, pro- it's probably because they forced me to deal with – to to watch that and write a report on it and everything. I think like in ninth grade, you know, and I was like, Hey, what is this shit? I want to go home and play Zelda. All right. What, uh, 
my you're num- up. Number my, six. My number six is Total Recall. So I, what was right, your? So you had it higher. Okay. Yeah. So what was your? Nine. You had it at nine. nine. So now we could talk about Total Recall. I saw that in the theater with my dad. I think I was eleven. Didn't it come out in ninety one? Sounds about right. Yeah, I was ten or eleven years old, and I thought women had three breasts for the next like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you make me wish I had three hands. Like that was ballsy filmmaking, dude. Paul Verhoeven was a ninety. Okay, so I was I was nine. I was nine. But Ow. wow. What a movie, dude. And to this day, we can still argue whether or not Quaid was awake or not. <laughs> right. You, True. Was, he, was, was that all really a dream? Was it not a dream? That's, that's the beauty of it. Based on a Philip K. Dick short story, by the way, called We'll Remember It For You Wholesale. Minority Report, also a Philip K. Dick story, by the way. So... Philip K. Dick, a famous science fiction author, sprinkled into this list. And I do agree with Spaz in the chat that they totally pissed all over Total Recall with that awful, disgusting, waste of money, trash, dumpster fire, garbage, germ puke fest that was the remake of Total Recall with Colin Farrell and... Jessica Beale. They took the entire heart of soul, heart and soul out of Total Recall and flushed it down the toilet for some generic, boring snore fest. It was terrible. But back to the original film. So many quotes. So many memorable lines. So many memorable scenes. And Paul Verhoeven coming off a of RoboCop, getting ready to do Starship Troopers, one of the craziest, ballsiest directors of the late '80s, early '90s, didn't give a shit. Just like he's amazing until he got to Showgirls, but that's a whole other conversation. But he <laughs> brutal, brutal, great movie, dude. How long are you going to be staying here? Two weeks. Did you bring any vegetables to the uh, planet? Two weeks. Excuse me? Two weeks. <laughs> Copenhagen. Give these people air. Hey, see you at the party, Richter. Unbelievable. Great, great dude. Totally holds up to this day. Like, there's very few special effects in it that don't hold up to this day. Like Quato, when he comes out of the chest, when he comes out of the stomach, Quaid, open your no, mind. Open you only had it up mind. three higher than I had. Open your mind. Get your ass to Mars. You're in a Johnny cab. Like, dude, like the list goes on, man. Go ahead. Now stick this up your nose. Like, dude, the movie, Sharon Stone, too, ripping in her prime, kicking ass. Hey, Doug, one more time, for old time's sake, you can even tie me up. You were the best I ever had, Doug. Huh, I'm honored. (laughs) Consider this a divorce. That was your wife? 
What a bitch. <laughs> like, dude, so many good. I could, I could cite the whole movie, dude. Sir, I'm losing you. Appears to be sunspots. Michael Ironside, such a good bad guy. Oh, my gosh. The opening song. So good. Like, I can't. Like, dude. I wouldn't be the man I am today if I didn't see Total Recall in the theater when I was nine. Like it, sh- it shaped something. It shaped everything about me, dude. Not everything, but I do know that women don't have three breasts. But other than that, shaped everything about me. I, right. So that's why it's number six. Can you imagine my top five? Yeah. All right. What do you got, man? Are right, you ready? What's this? Your top five? We're going. Let's see. One, two. There's two. One, two, three, four, five. Yep. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Number five. Okay. E two. Terminator two. Yes. Okay. Let me see where Terminator is on my. Oh, Terminator was on my honorable mentions list. Original Terminator? I mm-hmm. thought T2 was better. I like T2 better. T2 is a better film. T2 is a better film. Terminator 1's a better... Like, the science fiction was introduced there to me. Of Skynet and the world's gonna end and time travel and everything else. Uh, but you are correct. T2, T2 uh, was a better overall film. I just thought T2 okay. more is a, actually an action film. Okay, yeah, no, and that's, and that's fair. I mean... That, that is fair. Okay. But that's right, a great wait. pick. That's a great pick. That deserves to be in your rarefied air. All right. Well, speaking of rarefied air, let's let's hear number five from Ply. The Matrix. That's well, my that number five. Ha- had to happen at some point. Yeah, it's just it's just the Matrix. The Matrix, def- like, so revolution. Not the sequels. But the Matrix itself is such a cultural phenomenon. It controlled the mid to late, like the late nineties, the red pill, blue pill, the an unbelievably uh, original idea of the machines using us for uh, um, energy. And are you living in a you know a fake world, a simulated world? Um, <laughs> Just the special effects of the, you know, when Neo uses his powers or dodging bullets or just the whole world it created, um, you know, and that movie's really good, even if Keanu Reeves isn't in it. I mean, you could replace him with the janitor from my building and it's still such a great concept and a great, he's so lucky he got handpicked for that role, but (laughs) no, I'm kidding. He was great as. He was great as Neo. I, you can't picture... Will Smith originally offered that role, by the way. Turned it down. And uh, just... Uh, but The Matrix, does. if you're talking science fiction, the philosophy behind it, the philosophical arguments about it, you know, it's just... You can't create a world that brilliant um, and it not be on the top five. You can't. Everybody wanted to be Neo or wanted to be an agent after that. To this day, people still... You could watch YouTube videos for hours on people arguing what was really going on in the Matrix. 
what it really means. College courses taught on it. Probably honestly worth more than, than most degrees to get a degree in the matrix than most of the shit they offer now. But they, you know, yeah, no, Spaz, he was originally offered the part of Neo in the Matrix, believe it or not, guys. He turned it down. I, I don't know what he did around that time. I'm I'm kind of um, trying to think what he did in the late 90s. But definitely, definitely, definitely a top five for me. What's your number four? All right, we're at four. Oh, this this is where we're, we're going to run into a problem here, Ply. Okay. Ply's going to get mad. Ply is going to get mad. At number four. He's not going to be happy. Try me. Number, <laughs> number four. Yep. E.T. Shut up. Number four? That's my number four. Why would it? That's my number four. ET is my number four. Is that your number four? My number four. Yeah, ET. You, I to this day, ET is one of the most beautiful films ever. Ever. <laughs> what are you laughing for? Like. I thought you were gonna kill. I thought you were gonna go off the rails, man. Why? Because like it's not a good science fiction film. Oh, I I think it is. I think it's, it's brilliant. A great science fiction, brilliant. Film. But here's it's... here's let's circle back to the thing. When I told you originally why people were so aggravated and mad and didn't want to see the thing, the thing came out just a week or two after E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. So. The reason the thing got shit on it was a box office dud. Because you had one movie about a good alien. And you had one movie about a bad alien. (laughs) And everybody flocked to the family-friendly adventure. And shit all over the John Carpenter classic. And both are fantastic films. I think E.T. is a better film. But both brilliant films. I don't think I've cried quite as hard in most movies than I did in E.T. I don't like what they've done to E.T. since. I don't like it when they go back in and retroactively edit movies from what they originally were to try to appease people. I think films should... Hey, st- there's, none of, there's none of that going on these days. Yeah, I don't look at... I Well, Spielberg kind of... This is what I mean by Spielberg lost his edge. So there's a scene in E.T. where the bicycle takes off with Elliot and E.T. over the cop cars. Remember that famous scene and then they hit the moon? Okay. Yeah, of course. Spielberg went back in and changed the cops down there on the street from having guns to having uh, walkie-talkies and flashlights. Like, he edited out the... I mean, dude, it was made in 1981, I think, too. Right around there. Um, I believe 81. Films need to stand on their own and they need to be judged in the era that they were created. You know, it's it's a it's a historical argument. Like you cannot it's hard to judge you should not judge forward thinking films and ET was a forward thinking film at the time. 
but you should not judge forward thinking uh, revolutionaries and ideas and people and historical figures based on today's quote unquote whatever the belief system is it always changes everybody thinks myspace will be around forever and then 10 years later it's facebook and 10 years from now it'll be something else but everybody shops on amazon now wait five years something else will pop or whatever think society changes right for better for worse but it always changes you should not judge a film or mess with a film that was made in 1981 based upon 2010 or whenever he fudged it you know what i mean course or if you want to change it 100%. if you want to change it offer the 2010 version but for people who want to see the original intent of the director at the time and the original movie like george lucas pissed all over his movies the star wars films he put in all these weird scenes and updated special effects and that stupid scene with jabba the hutt and han solo that was atrocious that he added to one of them where Jabba looks so fake and awful. Like, the films need to stand on their own as they were made. Like, if you want to touch them up and remaster them, that's one thing to make them to make them look better on the newer TV or technology or re-release them in a theater, so you need to remaster them to get them from 1080p to 4K or whatever you're trying to do, that's different. What I'm talking is fundamentally changing your films, changing characters or scenes or re-editing them. You know, you got to be careful. I mean, the work should stand on its own at the time that it was released. And especially a movie like E.T., which is so beautiful at its heart and soul anyway, does not carry any type of message that is harmful to anybody. It's kind of an ageless tale, to be honest with you. To go in and try to fudge it and make people happy, the Karens of the world or whatever you want to call them, they shouldn't do that. E.T. should, Spielberg should have had the cojones to come out and say, E.T. stands on its own. I stand by it. To this day, I think it still holds up as a beautiful family film. And a beautiful film about friendship and compassion and empathy and helping people and, and family dynamics and broken families and kids you know working through that and and all the things that go into it uh it's just it's just beautiful film dude so Agreed. and it 100 percent it deserves to be number four what's your number three matrix i had the matrix at three. Oh, you had the matrix higher than me yes i had it at three i am impressed Yep, so we're good. We are good there. I am impressed. So we don't have to go back to the Matrix because we talked about oh. it at length, but but I, it's top five. It's top five for you, too. Now, did you see the Absolutely. sequels or just the original? Just saw the original. Uh, you should probably owe it to yourself to see the sequels. Um, <clears throat> The second one's pretty good. Yeah, there are. <clears throat> Yeah, there's there's another one coming out soon too, so they're making a fourth one. But uh, the sequel is really good, <clears throat> but it doesn't hold up as well because the third one is really bad. So, but it does expand the universe. There's a lot of cool stuff that happened in the sequels as well. If you do enjoy the original film, it doesn't hurt to go see Reloaded and Revolutions. My number three Moldog was Jurassic Park. 
Yeah. Um, and that's probably a personal pick. It's probably a little higher on the list than it deserves to be. Because uh, when I saw that movie in the movie theater with my father, we had never seen special effects like that before to that degree. And that was one of the only times in my life that I turned and saw my father's look on his face where he looked like a little kid who was in awe as well. And the collective gasp in the movie theater, a sold out movie theater of us seeing that Brontosaurus for the first time on the screen. And Sam Neill is taking off his glasses and Laura Dern, the looks on their faces uh, was the look on our faces in the theater as well. And to be completely captivated and into that moment. Uh, I had never seen my father pretty much amazed by anything like that. Like Hollywood-wise or, you know. He'd, he'd, he was old enough now where things didn't surprise him or shock him or whatever. And to see my the elation and joy on my dad's face too. As like he did turn, he did like re- turn back into a little kid. Was amazing and that's why it probably bumps up a few higher on my list is one of the greatest memories of my father and i together um but overall brilliant filmmaking you could make the argument based upon my rules that it does not belong on my top 10 list because i almost think it's more of a suspenseful chase movie an actiony chase movie than it is a science fiction movie it kind of teeters uh, but also my favorite, one of my favorite novels of all time as well. And my favorite author, Michael Crichton. So it's tough. It's tough. It gets bonus points in personal areas that it probably shouldn't, which is probably why yours was down at number 10, I think. What were you, number 10? Yes. And I'm number three. Uh, however, brilliant, brilliant film across the board. Novel completely different, by the way, guys. If you haven't read the novel Jurassic Park, it's a pretty much a completely different story. It's more about corporate espionage and it's more science fiction-y, uh, but it's a brilliant, fast-paced, unbelievable commercial novel if you haven't read it. So here's some summer reading for you. I know that we're all busy going outside and going to restaurants and going to movie theaters. So if you don't have time, I get it, but if you do have time, you're sitting around the house and want to read, it's a great film. All right. What's your number? Did you give me your number three or The Matrix? What's your number two? All right, so. Oof. <laughs> oh, boy. Here number we two. go. <laughs> number two and number number two and number one. Oh, you're going to give I'm me both? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I'm just saying both okay. two and one. Not only going back to the 80s, both of them come out of the 70s. Ooh, then, ooh, let me tell you, I might have different number two and number ones. I, I, there's no way. There's no way. Number two, I think I may be higher than this on most, but I shouldn't be. I think this is so ridiculously underrated. This movie is so fantastic. My number two. Yeah. Alien. That is so funny. Alien, not aliens. Do you want to wait, 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 wait. Can I just give you my number two? Yes. Only because it, kind of sort of in the same realm as your number two and then we could talk about our number twos 
Alien. <laughs> My number two is Aliens. <laughs> so your number two is Alien, and my number two is Aliens. Never, you know, and I never saw Aliens. Shut the so fuck up! Wanna, Come on, bro. I don't want to trash it, dude. Bro. Alien. Bro. Is it was it, was it the sequel? Even I don't even know. Bro. Alien was so good. I got sunspots. You're breaking up. Did you just say you didn't see Aliens? You didn't see the movie what Aliens. What the fuck? What what do we got to like order pizza and get in our onesies and have a sleepover one night to catch you up on all these movies? Like I don't We might, we might have to. Aliens is a better film than Alien. It's impossible. It's not fucking impossible. I just said no. it, which makes it fact. Impossible. No, I just spoke it. Aliens is a better film than Alien. Chat sound off. Aliens. Alien is a brilliant film. It's a brilliant horror film. Brilliant. Aliens is a better overall film. And one of the best science fiction action movies ever made, period. (laughs) By the way, everybody wants to come over our house and watch movies in their onesies. All the the chat is siding with me on this one. No, they're not. Aliens (laughs) is the Space Marines and LV-426... Is is just a it's a better movie. It's James Cameron at his absolute peak of his powers, right in the middle of Terminator and 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 uh, and T two and and Aliens is like the most quotable movie, the best action scenes. Get away from her, you bitch! Like it's just. It creates, it creates, Aliens creates the female super, the female action movie stars. Aliens, not Alien. Alien, Sigourney Weaver is kind of still playing that Jamie Lee Curtis running away from Michael Myers character, you know? Aliens is where she really just grabs it by the balls and says, F this, dude, I'm kicking ass. I'm kicking, you got one vote for Alien. You got one vote for Alien. Sherry's saying Sherry's voting for Alien, but Sherry loves horror, so of course she's gonna side with Alien. You know, it's funny though that again, and I think we need to remind people. Yeah, we used to do every time. We don't know each other's list. We no. don't talk about these no. lists. We don't share anything. No, when we're chatting before, you know, earlier in the day about a list, you know, the text messages are very short and to the point. List. Bang. Okay, good. We'll go with that. Yeah. There's no discussion about uh, what should be on it or this. You know, sometimes there's a little bit of a, you know, slant like whatever. Like yeah, what with call, the rules. You know, I, yeah, rules. Right. There might be a rule in there. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, but there, there's never any sharing of information or anything like that. So when these come up like that, this is this is organic. This is legit. Legit. I can't, I can't believe, I'm still like, I don't, we can't even have this debate because you haven't seen Aliens. Right? This was 19, Aliens came out in 1986, dude. 1986, I was a senior in high school. I had a lot going on, bro. Yeah, bro, I had a lot going on in 1986, too. In 86, I I had the world by the, 
you know what? I was I was five years old in 1986. I was my ass was in the theater <laughs> with a giant thing of popcorn and a pulse rifle from the movie. Aliens <laughs> is the reason you have Halo, the video game today. It's the reason you have. I mean, most most science fiction action movies today take something from Aliens. Okay, that's, that's interesting. When you see it, you will understand. You have to see that movie. That movie is a masterpiece of epic, epic proportions. Alien is a... By the way, that's not knocking Alien as a masterpiece. But when you see Aliens, you're going to be like, it's on, bro. Like, you're going to be ready to, like... When the movie is over, you are going to mow the lawn. You're going to fix the roof. You're going to repave the driveway. Like, it's, it's, dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when I, when I made Mrs. Ply watch it for the first time, she was like, she like, I think I still have like dig marks in my arm from the intensity and the, the heart palpitations she was having from the stress levels of these scenes in Aliens. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, yeah. it's so quotable, dude. It's so quotable. It's great. Like, I just it, it's crazy that uh, we could argue that about a, a number one and a number two in a film series. Like you could you could legitimately yes. make the argument for either film deserving to be on a top science fiction list. You could have easily have put both I, those movies on the top action on the top science fiction list and been respected. That's how good both movies are. That's the problem when we get to number one. That's the problem when we get to number one. That's my problem. I don't know what to do with number one. I mean, I know what I wrote, but anyway. Number one, my number, by the way, guys, while we're sounding off on our number ones, let us know in the chat if there's any science fiction films that we may have missed that you think deserve to be on the top ten list. And after we're done giving our number ones and the reasons why we're right, then we'll go back and read your comments. So, what's your number one? I'm scared. Why are you scared? Don't say something stupid. (laughs) You mean like Daryl from 1985? Yeah. Which is actually pretty good. That movie was trash, bro. But go ahead. (laughs) Utter doesn't count. Don't say some stupid Um, shit either like The Last Starfighter. Which I liked it when weird. I was a kid, but don't don't weird, don't weird science weird weird, weird science. yeah well I love that one when I was a kid too yeah that's but a don't, different yeah that's a different animal. that's a different list okay my number one let the pitchforks and torches come out because this is getting it you know whatever yeah without further ado yeah my number one is the Empire Strikes Back really yes. All right, I guess we're going to have to fight because the chat's going to jump all over me now. I did not include a Star Wars film on my top 10 science fiction films of all time list. And let me explain myself why before Muldog justify. I, I can't wait to hear this. I do not consider Star Wars science fiction. Star Wars is a space even opera. Mean? Star Wars is a fantasy film. It's Lord of the Rings-ish. It is not science fiction. It's not. It's a space opera. 
It's space fantasy. It's not science fiction. I do not disagree with you that Empire Strikes Back is one of the greatest films ever made, period. I do not disagree with you that it belongs on multiple, multiple number one lists. I do. Star I, Trek isn't space fantasy. Star no, Trek no. is science fiction. Star Trek is based upon where we'll possibly be in our future. Star Wars happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars is not science fiction. Man, this is just clickbait. <laughs> I don't know. This is it. See, you know, that's why I love Jessica. At least Je- Jessica gets it. Jessica gets it. Star Wars Flying is not air. science fiction. It's space you fantasy. You lost your mind. I have not, dude. I do space, not consider space it. Fantasy. It's okay, a well, fucking let's fantasy. Your, let's use your blockbuster video example. What section of blockbuster video are you going to find Star Wars in? I'll find Star Wars right next to the Beastmaster and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and Conan the Barbarian in the fantasy section. It's it's not science fiction. <laughs> I'm just... Hey, man. <laughs> this is why we have this shit, so we can all argue about this it. This is great. I told this you. I knew you were going to set me up for this. And, and, it's and what, the next segment is the hamburger a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's... Dude. It's got... It's, it's got weird creatures in it. Like, uh... Fucking, it's like Avatar. That's not science fiction to me. All right. I love it. It's got whole. It's got like magical powers, and it's it's fantasy, dude. Like people moving shit with their minds. You know, it's it, and it takes. It doesn't. It's not futuristic. It's it's from the past. It says right in the opening scene. A long time ago from a galaxy far, far away. Uh, it it could take place on Middle Earth, dude. It's the same it's fantasy. It's fantasy dressed up as like fake science fiction. Oh, uh, this is great. With with sports being such crap lately and nothing going on, the bo- the movie segment has taken over. Stevie says you're breaking my heart, Ply. I just became yeah, Fre- you are. I just became Fredo to half the Ply Rock Nation. Nobody <laughs> agrees with me that it's not science fiction. This is not a weird opinion. Just Google it. All right. <laughs> just Google. Just it. Google it because it's space fantasy. There's a difference. That's a different genre of film. I thought the controversy. I thought the Dude, controversy was, was going to be over whether it was you know episode one, two, three, four, six, one, return of the whatever. You know, I didn't think the argument was going to be whether or not Dude, it was actually to be included. Science fit. Listen, all right. So, dude lands on a planet in the middle of a swamp and gets trained in magical powers by some little green puppet midget, and somehow that's science fiction. That's fantasy, dude. That's like, that's like, you know what I mean? Lightning coming out of people's fingertips. Uh, dude, I love Star Wars. 
But that's not science fiction. Jessica's going to be up all night. <laughs> oh, baby. This is getting good. Yeah, man. Look at this comment count moving up. You're welcome. So, but it's just. <laughs> all right. I've made my. I've said my piece. I've said my it's piece. That's it. We got it. I do not not disagree with Molduff Science Fantasy. There we go. Snow, welcome in. It's a fantasy film. You call in the big guns. You're you're on the ropes. I see how this works. You're you're on the ropes, right? You're getting killed, and you got your little red bat phone to call in the big guns, and all of a sudden, Snow Gaming is in the chat. Because it's it's a... Coincidence, I think not. (laughs) It's a fan... Dude... It's a Picked fantasy. Picked up the bat phone and called Snow. Snow, I need some help. Get in the chat. It's a fantasy film. It gets, it's I'm calling in the National Guard of streamers. The Aliens franchise is based on aliens being around since historic times. That they were already on Mars, etc. And that they already had science in the past, just like Star Wars. No. St- yeah, but in the Alien That's movies. That's why Preacher's getting no. a doctorate. That's why Preacher is going to have a doctorate. Dude. In the alien, wait a minute, wait a minute. In the alien movies, Sigourney Weaver doesn't go up to a little green midget puppet and get magical powers to fight the alien. She actually pulls out a fucking machine gun and mows the shit down or shoots him out of an airlock. Okay. There's no like, there's, you know what I mean? There's no little teddy bears with spears running around. Like it's just not, it's not I mean, it's a there's no ghosts like the ghost the, the spirit ghosts over the Harry Potter is a fantasy. Can't find the cough button. Fucking I'm done, man. I'm force going ghosts. Down. Like come on, dude. It's a fantasy film. It's not a science fiction yeah. film. This is not complicated. Like oh, I'm, oh Jesus. <laughs> The- Teddy, Teddy, did you did you just say teddy bears with it's, spears? Oh that's my what they goodness. are. I mean, what the fuck? They're like, going down. Dude, I mean, there's so many things that happen in Star Wars that clearly make it not a science fiction film. Like the Force, yeah, the Force. What is the Force is caused by metachlorians in their blood? What are metachlorians? Well, we don't know, but you know, it causes everybody to have magical powers. Okay, well, Gandalf had magical powers too. Like, like I just, you know what I mean? Like Star Trek, like had like communicators, like and like sliding doors that we all walk in out of Target now with. And, like, it was, like, a real representation of where they kind of wanted society to go. And there wasn't, like, force ghosts and, like, you know, little teddy bears with spears and all this other crazy shit going on. And people moving each other around with their minds. Like, science, Star Wars is a, is a fantasy film. It's a fact, dude. And it, if you ask George Lucas, he would probably say, well, you know, I, I, you know, I had some science fiction <laughs> elements in it, but... I was really trying to make a fantasy film based in space. I really wanted to, like, kind of put together a space opera. And, you know, that's what he would have (laughs) said. You don't even know my my number one's going to land like a fart in church now after this conversation. But it's. Oh, we haven't even gotten to your night. I forgot. No, we haven't gotten. Like, it wouldn't. Oh, baby. Like. It's just, I just, you know, science fiction fans 
generally don't like like hardcore science fiction fans go to like Trek Fest. You know what I mean? Like like the, Star Wars is like general public consumption fantasy film. Look at this. People are calling it an epic space opera, so I don't know it. See? There you go. I've never questioned my loyalty to Ply more than my life I do right now. <laughs> Let me ask you, preachers, asking a good question. Do they deal with science in Star Wars? No. Like lasers or spaceships. Is it fictional? His shit disappeared. Whether it's also fantasy elements is irrelevant. No, it's not irrelevant because the rules of this list was whichever was the most prevalent genre in the film had to speak the fantasy elements of Star Wars, like when Princess Leia and her dumb ass float out of that ship in, uh, what was it, The Last Jedi? Ooh, and she goes like through space. All of a sudden, she can breathe in space. Yeah, that's not fucking fantasy. And she flies forward to that other thing. I mean... Sci-fi is a broad classification. It is, but we laid down the rules when we started this list. <laughs> it's just <laughs> now we my... never veer. We never veer off once we lay down the rules on something. <laughs> so, oh, well, I'm glad We're we not have. Not even do your number one yet, dude. We got. Come on, let's no, go. I don't, we got to get there. I don't even want to do my number one now. You guys oh. don't deserve my number one. <laughs> Maybe you can redeem yourself. Hell Priestess is on fire, so you need you need some help. Let's go. You brought in you brought in snow. You called the big guns and you picked up the bat phone. So let's see what you got. The number one science fiction film of all time is an actual science fiction film. Okay. The Death Star is not technology. It's not based on any real technology that could happen in the next twenty years, fifty years, hundred years. It's a giant styrofoam ball that they painted gray and they hung on a piece of string. The prequels and sequels have questionable elements, but when we're talking about four, five, and six, that's sci-fi in its purest form. It is not. It is fantasy in its purest form. And it's a fantasy for you to think it's science fiction. Now, can I read my number one, please? <laughs> the number one... The is yours. The number one... And by the way, I don't really... I don't really love this film, but if we're talking pure, the purest <laughs> science fiction film ever made, the purest science fiction film ever made, just purity, like a, the cleanest glass of water you have ever seen in your life. The number one science fiction film of all time is a 2001, a space odyssey. It's number one. By far. Look at, look at you. Let, bro, 2001 is number one. It's the, it, dude, it's not my favorite film. By far. But if we're talking about just the purest science fiction film ever made, it's clear. And if you go back and watch it, you'd understand. How is that sci-fi? Because there's no fucking magic teddy bears in 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's why, Ica. That's why. All right? People don't shoot. about going back to the 70s. You're in the 60s, dude. It's the, it's, the, it's the quintessential 
science fiction film, period. It's 2001, full stop. Yeah. Talking robots, deep space, in a real space shuttle with real astronauts. Yeah. Yeah. And a real artificial intelligence like we pretty much have now. So, yeah, pretty much uh, forward thinking science fiction, 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay. All right. What? Okay. You, you made, you, you recovered, you had a lot. You were up against a lot. And I, f- I fight hard. nicely. I fight hard. And you recovered very, you recovered very nicely with uh, 2001, full break, colon, A Space Odyssey. Because I'll give you this, mm-hmm. the forward thinking-ness, for lack of a better term. It was, it's visionary. In, in that movie, right. Written in 1968. Out in '68, I know. Which just so happens to be by, the by, year of the mole dog's birth. By Arthur, oh, good, yeah. good year '68. <laughs> Wasn't it written by Arthur C. Clarke? Stanley Stanley Kubrick and he Arthur di- C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke wrote it. Stanley Kubrick directed it. He also um, has writing screenplay credits in it. Yes, also. and they but also yes, Arthur C. Clarke. Yes, and it has an inferior sequel, 2010. Um, with Roy Scheider from uh, from Jaws, which it's not a bad sequel directed by Peter Hames, um, but it's not anywhere near the caliber. But it does continue the story pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Preacher says it has lost <laughs> we've lost all our journalists. I didn't know journalists had integrity in the first place, they, they and we've I, never. I, I, that's part of his play on <laughs> oh my words. Gosh, there. I'd rather be called a hooker at this point in my life than a than a fucking journalist. But. Uh, 2000, the the books, this wasn't a book list, by the way, so we're not really going to get into the books, but 2001, it's like I, like I try to do these lists as unbiased as I can, okay? Which is why I admitted to you when I told you my number three of Jurassic Park being higher than it should have been, all right? Because uh, that was like my... my Thunderdome. That, yeah, your Thunderdome. It was like our personal picks kind of... You know, we get our personal pick in there, but the if you are a true film aficionado and you are really sitting back with an unbiased approach looking at, you know, defined science fiction genre films, um, 2001's it. I mean, it just... You know, it just, I just, I saw it a few times when I was younger. The message is is crazy. It's insane. Arthur C. Clarke hated the ending, by the way. Stanley Kubrick changed it, just like he changed the ending to The Shining. But it, it really has all those elements and themes of like the, the it's just a, it's the perfect fucking omelet, dude. It's like the perfect pancake of science fiction. It's a complete circle. Like, you know how you ever try to make a pancake and it always comes out lumpy or fucked up or one side's burnt, no matter what you do on a pancake? This pancake is perfect pancake movie-making science fiction, dude. And every science fiction film that tries to take itself seriously since, like The Martian, Interstellar, anything else that has come after a 2001 A Space Odyssey has tried to emulate the emotional raw power and the science fiction brilliance of 2001. That's it. 
Dude, how many movies have you we can't seen? Argue. You can't, really dude. Can't argue. Can't argue. Listen, and I love Star Wars. I love it. I love The Empire Strikes Back. Made my number one most uh, quoted, uh, best quote of all time. No, I'm your father. I'm not disrespecting Star Wars. It's just when, dude, every science fiction film since that takes itself halfway seriously, and Star Wars does not anymore take itself seriously, it kind of never really did take itself seriously, is 2001. Everything since. I hope you get nothing but unevenly cooked pancakes for life, Ply. <laughs> Salty Priestess has been summoned. Good. Then the chat will get more interesting. You know? Just... I, I... It, it is a great movie, and when you put it into terms like that, in terms of the pure kind of unadulterated sci-fi nature of that movie and the forward-looking abilities of that movie based on when it came out, yeah, it's a... Uh, that's my uh, argument, wanna, whether you agree yeah, with it or not. Yeah, that's I don't want to argue debate. against 2001. I don't want to argue against 2001, Base have, Odyssey. Have I converted the Moldog? It sounds like I converted you. I I wouldn't say can it's it's a tough argument. It's Ooh. tough to argue against that movie. I, I can't I don't wanna I don't wanna be uh contrarian just for the sake of being contrarian because there's plenty of those shows you could watch, but uh let me preface it's not it our like, gig here. Let me preface it with this too. Empire Strikes Back is a far more entertaining film. Okay. That's fair. Empire Strikes Back is a is a far more entertaining film. It's got far more uh, memorable moments. It's got the greatest movie quote of all time in it. it. The story is brilliant. The acting is amazing. The puppetry with the little green midget teacher with magical powers is unbelievable. Okay, the the universe of Star Wars is awesome in Empire Strikes Back. The floating city. Lando, everything. It's unbelievable. But if we're just narrowing it down to science fiction and what people think of when they think science fiction, you're going to get the, the Ric Flair. You're going to get 2001 A Space Odyssey. You're just going to get it, and I'm going to chair dance now because I'm right. So here we go. I just did an Uchi Wally Wally for myself. So <laughs> what do you guys think are the greatest science fiction films of all time? I saw Demolition Man mentioned in there. Look like by uh, Naugatuck Valley there. Cloverfield. All right, that's an interesting one. Sherry brings up Cloverfield. Um, did you ever see Cloverfield, Muldung? No, I got nothing. I got nothing on Cloverfield. Cloverfield is in J.J. Uh, Abrams. You know J.J. Abrams? Okay. J.J. Abrams is kind of like Steven Spielberg's like stepchild for directing. Okay. He's trying to be Steven Spielberg, and he's he's kind of almost as good as Steven Spielberg. And um, he did a movie called Cloverfield, which is like a found footage film with a 
giant alien monster attacking and destroying a city. And it's sort of like a homage to Godzilla, but from the human's perspective, it's a pretty good film. I would argue, I don't know, I don't think it belongs on top 10. Um, but I would argue that the actual best Clover, and I like Cloverfield, I liked it when I saw it in the theater. I just don't like shaky handheld cam unless it's Blair Witch. Other than that, I don't like found footage films. They kind of drive me nuts. There's very few found footage films. Super 8 was another one. <clears throat> I thought Super 8 was actually a better movie than Cloverfield, but I would consider Cloverfield maybe a little more science fiction. But Super 8 was amazing with the alien who lived and the kids go on a Spielberg adventure to find the alien. Very good movie. But um, I think the best Cloverfield film was the Cloverfield Lane film with John Goodman. And um, her name escapes me. Um, Jeez, what was her name? She was the daughter in Die Hard 4, too. I can't remember it right off the top of my head, but it, Cl Cloverfield Lane, I think it was 9 Cloverfield Lane or something like that, I thought was a really suspenseful, intense film. That you Mary thought, Elizabeth Winstead. Mary, Mary Elizabeth, Elizabeth Winstead. Yes, there you go. Um, and it's just such an intense movie. Uh, and I actually did like the Cloverfield Paradox, which a lot of people didn't. It's a Netflix original movie that Netflix bought the rights to because they didn't put it out in the theater. That takes place after Cloverfield and Nine Cloverfield Lane. There's the Cloverfield Paradox which I thought was pretty good too. So if you guys like the Cloverfield universe, uh, I like that one. That was, that was enjoyable to me um, to check out. So, and Jessica is mentioning Pacific Rim, the Transformers knockoff movie. Um, Pacific Rim was pretty good. I'm not into, it was Transformers versus Godzilla to me. I liked it. The sequel sucked. Uh, the original I thought was pretty good. Um, I, I don't know if I'd classify that as true science fiction, though. That was more like comic oh books. Oh, boy. Here we go again. No, I just, it's not, it was more, to me, um, fantasy, monster. Yeah, it was Transformers. They're fucking Transformers. These people get into, like, it's like Voltron. It was like, they get it. there's little pilots who get into these robots and they fight monsters. It was like, uh, Voltron. That's what, that's what, are you serious? <laughs> Boy, man, she's having a heart attack tonight. I liked Pacific Rim. I didn't hate it. I don't think it belongs on any top 10 lists. I mean, it's a mech movie, not Transformers. Aren't Transformers mech? What's the difference? Wait a minute, wait, we got to stop for a second. Mech is short for mechanical, right? So wouldn't Transformers be the very definition of, like, American mech? Wouldn't that be, like, because they turn into Chevys and GMC products? Sherry's saying Pitch Black. Now, Moldog, did you ever see Pitch Black? Oh. Oof. Pitch Black was a great science fiction film. I would actually redo my honorable mention list and sneak that into an honorable mention for Sherry. One of Vin Diesel's truly awesome performances is like one of his original performances. After Saving Private Ryan, he gets his own movie, Pitch Black. And if you haven't seen it, great movie. 
great. And they did they did a shitty sequel, The Chronicles of Riddick, and then they did a halfway decent another third one called Riddick, which is pretty good, but it kind of feels like a redo of Pitch Black. So the original one is kind of the superior one. Okay. So. A universe of monsters with a freaking portal in the Pacific Ocean and giant robots controlled by two brains isn't science fiction. No, because you just said a universe of monsters with a freaking portal in the Pacific Ocean. Magical portals do not exist in true science fiction films. That makes them fantasy. Magic does not exist in a science fiction, real like a true science fiction universe. Is a technological futuristic kind of, you know, it's that's that's the universe it creates. When you start talking about magic portals, like you know that are not technology driven, then you know I'm surprised nobody's mentioned Stargate. Dune, there's another great one. Dune is, a, I read the book too. Shit, that's a long book. Dune's a good one. Did you see that one, Muldog? Oh. I could understand why you didn't see Dune, but Dune's a great one. I would consider Dune closer to fantasy, uh, but great film. Um, mechs are human-controlled machines, like tanks that happen to be developed to move like humans to a degree. They are literally science fiction, like to the highest degree. Okay, so like Voltron. That's what I said. Transformers are aliens who are metallic and just happen to take the shape of vehicles so people wouldn't be shocked by them. Black holes are portals. Well, that's an argument for a physicist. Black holes are not necessarily portals. Okay. I'm done. I'm leaving. I cannot stand by and listen to this blasphemy. This is heresy of the highest order and shall be dealt with by the Council of the Council of Ten. What is the Council of Ten? What's, what fantasy movie is that from? What about Battleship? Oh, scary, though. Ooh, Battleship, Stevie. You're talking about the one with uh, Taylor Kirsch, right? Wasn't Taylor Kirsch in that? Wasn't that based off the, based off the board game? I remember <laughs> Battleship. Wormhole, space-time, continuum. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's still not science fiction-y. It's more... Dude, Pacific Rim is more like fantasy. Action, blockbuster, summary, fantasy stuff. Science fiction is like it's 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 got to be more powerful than that. It's got to be more forward thinking. I mean, I'd consider that a monster movie, The Pacific Rim, like Godzilla. Godzilla's a monster movie. I don't consider Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla a science fiction. Mo- now, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Sherry, is a true science fiction film. I agree. Tom Cruise's career is a fantasy. Yeah, but you can't unplug from the Matrix. Good luck. He's got another big hit coming out in a few months. Enjoy yourself. This chicken could really be steak, but it tastes so good. It tastes like chicken. I don't care. (laughs) Boy, they're all fired up. Uh, That's what usually happens. I forgot. I forgot one here. I'm uh, again. This is this is going back, so I wouldn't expect it to just randomly show up in the chat because of the year it came out, which was 1980, I believe. Okay. But uh, you know, you want to talk about power, forward thinking, 
kind of makes you think. You ever saw the movie? You ever saw the movie Ply, The Final Countdown? Oh boy, uh, Brad Johnson. No, that was the Philadelphia Experiment. Ah, uh, the final Kirk, countdown. Kirk Douglas, Kirk Douglas, and Martin Sheen. Yes. Tarantino. Yes. Who? What was the synopsis of the film, real quick? They're on this ship and they get caught in a storm and it takes them back to the eve of Pearl Harbor, and they have like the ability to um, kind of intercept the attack, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the question is, you know, do you? You know, do you interject yourself into history like this, and how would that change, you know, the rest of history going forward? But do they kind go of back? Like a butterfly effect argument, you know. Um, it was fantastic. It was very powerful. Let me ask you this: I'm paradox, how, if you will. How do they go back in time? Get uh, uh, it's, they're they're out on the ocean, and this storm, like this strange kind of storm, whips up. And when they come come around, they realize they've traveled back to uh, the Eve, uh, Pearl Harbor Eve. Yeah, that kind of sounds, I mean, I don't know if, just based on your synopsis, and I think I saw it a long time ago when I was a kid, but that sounds more like alternate history? Almost like a, like I hate to put it back in the fantasy category, but that wasn't like, I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't know if that would fall under my definition of science fiction. Gotcha. Might fall under, like, I mean, other uh, clearly the chat thinks everything's science fiction. Like, Driving Miss Daisy's fucking science fiction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Enemy Mine. Oh, wait, Enemy Mine. That was with, uh, was that with Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr.? Do you remember that one, Muldog? With the, the, the pilot oh. lands on the alien, on the shit, on the, uh, the alien planet. And he uh, he becomes friends with the uh, Louis Gossett Jr. I believe plays the alien. Do you remember that movie? Oh, I think that was Enemy Mine. Tell me if I'm right though in the chat. That was a good science fiction film. You know, um, that's a great one. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of some. Oh, uh, Alien Nation. Do you remember Alien Nation? It was a famous movie, and then it became a TV show on Fox for a few years. With the aliens, they kind of had almost egg-shaped heads, but like the brown spots on their heads, and they lived amongst the humans. Do you remember that, Muldog? Oh. Alien Nation wasn't bad. Uh, (laughs) Remember how happy Jessica was an hour ago. When Keanu made top five. Well, that's how it works. Things change fast around here. Yeah, this is like this is like a time paradox. Maybe we should go back in time to when we were at our number five and see if we can stop the Pearl Harbor that happened and when we got to number one. <clears throat> <laughs> that's it. Time paradox. I love if Je- it. If Jess isn't pissed after the podcast is done, Bly can't sleep that well at night. <laughs> hey, man, I can't listen. My opinion is my opinion. Moldog's opinion is his opinion. Moldog gave you guys the number one you wanted. I gave you the number one you needed. That's how it works. <laughs> All right. So, sometime, how long have you been working on that line? I, I just made it. it up, bro. But listen, it—that's it, why we have two lists. If you don't like my list, you can defer to the Moldog. 
You know what I mean? So it's it's just the way it works. But clearly the facts the facts line up with my with my number one, and the the uh, popular opinion, which you know fifty million people you know thought Elvis was still alive, right? Which I I was one of them. So clearly popular opinion falls down with Moldog on this one. <clears throat> you know, so I mean it is what it is. You know, the Philadelphia experiment. Yes, Sherry, that was with uh, Brad Johnson. That was the one where the plane went like through a portal or something. I haven't seen that one in a long time either. There's some there was like there was some science fictiony films that weren't like true science fictiony films. Like what was that? <clears throat> there was that that weird British science fiction film, which really ended up not being a science fiction film. Uh, Life Force. Remember that movie, Moldog, where like those, the the human beings thought <clears throat> that aliens had come. To it was a British film, but it was like a like the British were trying to do like the Hollywood thing for a bit there, and um, it ended up being vampires. Like, do you remember that movie? Oh, <clears throat> at all. Life Force. Oh, well, once you said British film, it explains why I never saw. Yeah, it. but the Bridge Over the River Kwai was a British film. It was good. Okay, that's fair. <clears throat> so, but um, that was like it was like fake science fiction, and they like they veered right into like vampires. Elysium is science fiction. Yeah, I'd say Elysium was science fiction. That's the one where they go to that. I never saw Elysium, but I, that's the one where they uh, they go to like that utopian uh, colony or something. I think so. Yeah, I'd consider that science fiction. Like most things that are are pretty, like you see it, you recognize that that's science fiction. Like some things aren't, though. So you know, Star Wars isn't. <laughs> hey, we'll put a little salt in that wound, right? You know what I mean. So while we're bullshitting about science fiction films, Moldog, is there any movies or films or video games or anything you've seen over the past two weeks since we missed you that you want to talk about? Yes. Two weeks. No, I fin- I uh, I finished a couple of series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I, Again, yep. generally, if I'm watching a movie on Netflix, I'm not going to default to a sci-fi. Generally, mm-hmm. now I got some homework, but uh, I was uh, got very high on that uh, Lily Hammer uh, uh, show on Netflix. Lily Hammer series with. Uh, Stevie, Stevie Van Zant is the oh uh, the Sopranos guy. Yeah, he's the lead character in this Lily Hammer. Oh gosh, kind of uh, uh, witness protection mob guy. Yeah, quest get, getting sent to Norway because nobody will find him there, and then mm-hmm. all the, all the uh, but the reason I the reason I really like Lily Hammer is because it it is it's funny. So it's funny. It puts all the elements of the mob in there and. Uh, but then it put. It, it's almost like kind of like the mob runs into the Three Stooges a little bit because some of these other characters he's got to deal with, and then the culture shock of being in this little Norwegian town and them trying to figure out how this mobster kind of operates. Really, really enjoyable. I think it's only three seasons. I burned through them, and now it's done. <clears throat> oh man, that sounds like a good science fiction series. <laughs> I really like that. Wow. And, uh, There's snow. 
right? There's a lot of snow in the in the in, in a lot there's... of snow. Yeah, there's some skate people skiing. Oh, wow, and people are wearing jackets. Wearing jackets, drinking, you know, drink, drinking vodka. Yeah. Oh, there's vodka, vodka in it, so that must be science fiction. On people, a lot of people, a lot of blonde people walking around. Yep. Preachers asking, can vampires be science fiction? No. Once you get into vampires and werewolves and all that other horse shit, that's fantasy. That is not science fiction. Science fiction is supposed to be real, like reality based. It has to have some basis in reality. It, it has to have something to do with, like, like for the most part, with realistic expectations of something that could possibly. The chances might be small, but could possibly happen in the real physical world. Read the next line. Biology is a science, and vampires are biological fiction. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, no. There was never such a thing as a vampire. There never will be such a thing as a vampire. Then if we're going to go there, vampires are science fiction, then Interview with the Vampire is the greatest science fiction movie ever made with Tom Cruise. We're done. <laughs> Dropping the hammer. I would say the fifth element is more science fiction than not, yes, with uh, Bruce Willis. I would I would put I would put the fifth element in science. I love that movie, by the way. I would put the fifth element in the science fiction category. But there really wasn't any magical shit going on in the fifth element. So she was the fifth element, but it was like an alien technology thing. Biology isn't real science. Man, lots of scientists are going to be upset with you. Oh, well, we're all upset with lots of scientists because they tell us every day, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Uh, it's symptomatic, it's not symptomatic. Don't go outside, go outside. Don't play on a playground, play on a playground. So we're mad at them too, so whatever. Right here, kaboosh to them. Uh, that's a good one, Ply. In Independence Day. That's science fiction. I love Independence Day. Um... Yeah, it's it's straightforward. I mean, I don't know if it's transformative science fiction. I will say it's a great summer film. Has one of the greatest uh, speeches ever by a character in it. The when uh, president gives a speech. Um Star Wars the stormtroopers are human clones. Darth Vader is a suit with a respirator and liquid nutrition. Ply puts it in the same category as Power Rangers. <laughs> You know what? All that is true. All that is true. All right? Not the Power Rangers part. Uh, but it kind of is the same. I mean, in the Power Rangers, you got bad people shooting lightning from their fingertips with their magical powers and shit. It's the same thing as Star Wars. Attack from Mars. Yeah, Mars Attacks. I think that's what you mean. Mars Attacks. It's pure 1950s pop. The uh, science fiction, the little green men in flying saucers. Men in Black did come up, Scooter. Uh, we're reading the chat now, by the way, Spotify peeps. Men in Black did come up. Moldog had it on his list. I just thought it was more of a comedy than it was a science fiction film. I break down in tears every time the First Lady dies in Independence Day. I agree with you, Spaz. It was a sad moment. That was a sad moment. It's almost as if the epidemiologist scientists make rules as reliable as your rules for what constitutes science fiction. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. That was funny. Preacher wins. Man, game over, man. It's game over. Preacher wins that one, dude. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a mic mic drop on preacher. I am not as inaccurate as all that horse shit going on. Okay, I, I dude, it's not. Listen, just I'm gonna circle back here one more time. There are there are film critics and there are film connoisseurs and there are brilliant filmmakers who believe and argue what I'm saying. This is not some weird, out-of-left-field, cockamamie theory. Like, this is like, it's not controversial. You don't have to agree with it, but it's not a controversial take on Star Wars. If you, you can Google right now, is Star Wars science fiction? You will get a plethora of... Of articles pro and con. Pro and con. Like, it's a 50-50 split. It's a Yankees-Red Sox type of argument. So, you know what I mean? It just is what it is. You know? I Yeah, I just it is what it is. You know, I would say Demolition Man is more of a science fiction film than Star Wars. You know, it's just uh, you also you also say that you're not going to go see the new Batman movie in the theater. I'm not going to go see the new Batman movie in the theater. I refuse. I'll watch it when it comes out on uh, if we have movie theaters by the time the movie comes out. But it, uh, I will I will watch it on demand or something. I'm not going to not watch it, but I will not uh, I will not somehow rearrange my schedule to go see Robert Pattinson as Batman. I will not take time out of my day and rearrange what I have to do and get in my caddy and drive to the movie theater to see Robert Pattinson as Batman. I refuse. Oh, here we go. Finally, a little leeway here from the chat. This is debatable, yes, but it really comes down to what constitutes sci-fi. You can get into these sub-genres, but when it comes to major genres, it's sci-fi. No. <laughs> it's wrong. That's wrong. It sounded good when I first started reading it. It tapered. I was gonna say you started off. It like, sounded oh, okay, like we were gonna we go. find. It sounded like I was the owners and you were the players, and we were close to an agreement, right there, where all we had to do is come to each other about ten percent, you know, and you just lost me right at the end. It's not science fiction. It has science fiction elements in it, just like Predator has horror elements in it. It has science fiction elements in it, just like Back to the Future has science fiction elements in it, but it's more of a comedy. It's more of an adventure film. It's whatever the prevailing ingredients are in it, make it what it is. And it's more fantasy than it is science fiction. So... That's the last time I come here with a reasonable comment. That's the first time you've come here with one either. First and last. Oh, man. <laughs> Movie theaters being closed as plies out on seeing Batman in the theater. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, in two weeks, two weeks from now, uh, 
we're gonna get a uh, Top Gun two. Remember no, the that, original? That comes out in December. Yeah, now it's December. Yeah, that's more of a science fiction film than some of these films that are being mentioned. I'm coming in hot every day for the rest of the podcast. Good, you're, that means you're still here. So that's fine. That's called audience retention. That's what that's called. That's not science fiction. That's a science fact. That comes from sociology and psychology. Real sciences. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of what I saw over the past week. Uh, I finished True Detective Season 3. Uh, I finished that uh, about a week ago, which I, we didn't have a podcast last week. Uh, that was amazing. I thought the ending was fantastic. I thought season three was just as good as season one once I got to the ending. The acting was brilliant. I, c- I could not recommend True Detective season three anymore for anybody who likes uh, the crime drama genre, like real crime drama genre, not like a fake crime drama genre. genre. I can't even say that fast. It's it's unbelievable. True Detective Season 3. I finished that. Uh, playing through a few new horror games, Moldog. Okay. Um, one of them uh, called They Come Back. Um, it was okay. It was a little too clunky. I played through it for like the first half. Um, don't really like this. It's hard to explain the story. It's a It's a PC only game. Uh, came out on Steam. I try to find new horror games for the audience on Twitch because they really love the the horror genre and the like real horror, not fake horror. Like they they really like that. So I try to find uh, those games that we can explore together, as opposed to on Facebook. Obviously, we that's where we do the Call of Duty and the Fortnites uh, for now. And uh, so they come back was okay. Uh, I'm waiting for them to patch it before I finish it. Hopefully they're gonna clean it up. Um, eh, it's it's a little too clunky and buggy for me right now. Uh, but it is new, so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trash it or review it yet. But the other horror game that we're playing is called The Beast Inside, and I think the audience has really been enjoying it. It's scary as shit. I think we're almost done with it. Um, it takes place between two characters, one character you play in like the late seventies where he's a CIA analyst and he goes out to like this old house with his wife so he can work on decoding communist messages from the Russians. And the other character you play takes place like a hundred years earlier in the same house, uh, where he's like mentally tormented maybe, or seeing ghosts or something's going on. And these two characters, as you play each chapter, like their histories are starting to converge with each other. And um, pretty, pretty scary shit, man. Pretty good. We've been enjoying it. I don't want to spoil it yet because I want people to tune in to see us finish that sucker this weekend. But uh, here's a <laughs> Jessica saying, watching you play the beast inside has genuinely scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Dude, it's intense. Like, they have this one level where you're in this haunted hotel. And the hotel is literally as scary, the way they design it and what they do in it. It's literally as freaky and messed up as, like, the Overlook Hotel from The Shining. <laughs> you know? So, we've been having a really good time with that. 
Um, we got some big games coming up soon. I haven't talked about it much, but uh, yeah, Sherry loves it. I play the horror mostly for Sherry. <laughs> she loves the horror games. Uh, one of them we got coming up, The Last of Us Part 2, is going to be a big one. We're going to see how this plays out, see if it's any good. There's a lot of controversy around it a few weeks ago with some leaks on the story. And um, so Sony's been running around beating up everybody who talks about it and trying to get their channels taken down. So it's been a little hectic on that front for this game, but we'll see how that one is. Um, not really. Uh, Call of Duty Season 4. Been playing a lot of Call of Duty uh, Warzone on the Facebook with Preacher and the gang. And uh, Season 4 comes out tonight at like 2 o'clock in the morning. They're finally releasing Season 4 for Call of Duty. So there'll be some new maps, new weapons, new game modes, and those things to freshen up Call of Duty. So that'll be interesting and exciting. And then next week, I think Fortnite's new season comes out too. So I know how much the community loves Fortnite. So <laughs> we're going to play that too. You know, so Crimson, thank you so much for the host, by the way. We appreciate it. Welcome in. So those are the games that I've been... I'm, I haven't really watched much else in terms of TV because I'm always here with you guys. You know, so it's... it's Games are kind of my entertainment unless something really catches my eye in terms of cinema or in terms of TV. I mean, I haven't even seen Tiger King yet. Has anyone seen Tiger King? Well, I but, saw Tiger King. Uh, yeah, I saw Tiger King. What did you think of it? Was... It was everything that's fun with everything, for lack of a better term. I mean, it was Jerry Springer meets Martin Downey Jr. meets worse. Did you just say Martin Downey Jr.? Yeah. You just went right to the 80s like the cigarette smoking shock jock that that half the audience probably has no idea who he was. Got it. Right. By the way, I kind of realize that that's funny because Morton Downey Jr. got his ass kicked by Roddy Roddy Piper. He came out to the ring. Stevie's going to remember this, hopefully. And Roddy Roddy Piper, he kept blowing smoke in Roddy Roddy Piper's face. And Roddy got mad and just hosed him down with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> Does anybody remember that? Oh, Jeremy's in the chat. What's going on, Jeremy? Welcome to the Ply and the Bulldog vodcast. How are you? Uh, Tiger King is wild, says Spaz. So I guess it was nuts. And Carol Baskin is the evil one or something? It's enjoyable. Yeah. Well, they're all evil. They all suck. A likable character in the thing. Oh, that sucks. So there's no hero. They're all just douchebags. Oh, they all suck. It's the worst worst of humanity. However, it's... It's enjoyable watching, and it's a... It's a car crash. Hell of a, it's a hell of a story. It's a car crash. I think there's more to come. And on on the Carol Baskin situation, there's even more to come in real life with her potential, uh, you know, legal situation. Yeah, it came... Jessica just banged in. An investigation was reopened on Carol Baskin. Didn't she kill her um, husband or something? Yeah. I I think so, uh, based well, on based on the film, right? But yeah, based on what I've seen, and 
It's kind of like, remember, uh, Making a Murderer. Making a Murderer, yeah. Yeah, and like, like you know, if you watch the the first season, you think the guy's innocent. And, Correct. you know, do we really know if this guy, I mean, you know, it's all where the filmmaker wants to take you, wants to take you to, you know what I mean? Sure, of course, but like I said, they, it would have been one thing if they made, you know, one of these characters the hero and one of them, but no, they all suck. They, they, they didn't make any of them look good. So it's an episode uh, of Jerry Springer. Like I said, yeah, it's Jerry. It's it's everything that is wrong with humanity wrapped into wrapped into know, forty eight minutes. Yeah, wrapped into forty eight minutes on uh, on uh, Netflix. I have not seen it yet. I do enjoy the true crime, quote unquote, dramas that Netflix does. There was one that they did that I really liked a lot. Where uh, I think it was called uh, the stairs or the staircase or something about the stairs. And it was a famous the one where the husband throws throws the wife down the staircase. Yeah, I don't. One. I don't think he did it. To be oh, honest with the, you, yeah. No. I mean, no. I'm just. I mean, just from real world research and things like that. I don't think he. I mean, there was like there's like a weird theory about an owl that might have gotten in the house and scratched her, and she fell down the stairs. It actually made sense. Like uh, I forgot the name of that one though. It was something the stairs. It might have just been the stairs. I think it's called the staircase. I think it is. It's like the staircase or the stairs. Yeah. So, no, that was a good one. The stairs. Um, what else is? Uh, what is the other one I saw? I think the most out of all those crime drama, true to uh, true crime uh, episode or shows. I think even though I lived through it, the OJ one was the best one. The OJ Simpson one. Yeah, America versus o- uh, that one. Yeah, uh, there was a movie with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and John Travolta, which was pretty good. And uh, David Schwimmer from Friends was in it too. I think he played uh, Robert Shapiro. And then there was. Uh, there was an actual like documentary. I'm ESPN might have done it. Where oh, it goes, versus OJ Simpson. It, it, I think the movie was the People versus OJ. There was a movie and a there was like a mini series and a documentary that came out at like the same time. And the movie was really good, but the documentary was like just like you knew how it ended, and you knew how it like. You knew how it was gonna. Obviously, we lived through it. You knew how it was gonna go, and but to go back and watch that real court footage again of Johnny Cochran and his masterful performance in the courtroom, and how and how uh, Marsha Clark and um, I forgot the other guy's name, the prosecutors, Chris Darden. They were Chris Darden. Yeah, they were so like undermatched. Over, oh, yeah, exactly. Overmatched I mean, against was, him. That, that was David versus Goliath in terms of F. Lee uh, Bailey. Legal I think was one yeah, of the F. Lee Bailey, Barry Sheck, Kardashian. Yeah, Kardashian. Uh, Shapiro. Shapiro. Uh, and Schwimmer played. Schwimmer played Kardashian. I'm sorry. And then, um, yeah, and uh, and uh, Shapiro was um, was there for a little bit, and Dershowitz helped him. Didn't Dershowitz help him? 
Yes, he did. Yeah, it was like, it was an all-star team. It was it was an all-star team coming out. You know who testified in that case too was Dr. Henry Lee. Dr. Henry uh, Lee, yep. Know, runs the Connecticut crime, you know, he's the head of the Connecticut crime lab. This is where he cut his teeth and he gets called in on all sorts of national stuff. I mean, he's the supposedly the blood spatter uh you know, expert of experts. It's an incredible like, obviously, we all have our own opinions, so I don't know if it's an opinion anymore that O.J. probably had something to do with something. But... Thank Yeah. But, you know, to just sit back and take your personal... Like, take the justice element out of it for a second. The... Just to... to you had to sit in awe how these guys were. Like, the performance... Like, the arguments and the performance that they put on for O.J. Like... Man, they could have gotten Satan off in front of God how good they were. <laughs> That's right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they were just like, man, if I ever get arrested for jaywalking, I'd hire those guys. Like, you just sit back and just, just as a profession, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't, I don't really like, you know, certain sports or certain movies, but you sit back and you look at a certain movie you don't like or an actor or an actress you don't like but you still like their performance is so overpowering and something that maybe you don't necessarily like like but you just sit back in awe at their performance or their or their dominance in a sport that maybe you don't necessarily you don't necessarily like soccer but all of a sudden Beckham comes out and scores six goals you know and you're just like wow I don't even like soccer but damn that dude's the man, you know, that's the, that's the level of performance that those attorneys brought to the table. Like even the judge was just like, what? A, I, I got nothing. Judge Ito. Yeah, no, it wasn't a, it, yeah, it wasn't a fair fight in terms of uh, legal prowess versus legal prowess on the other side. Wow. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Poor Ito. Ito was like, Oh God, of all things I get this. And, he really kind of didn't want the fame. He didn't do a lot with the fame, but uh, no, he was a know, George Lucas good. of judges. Yeah, he had a he had a lot on his plate, and uh, yeah, he <laughs> was, he, he sat on the he bench got, like, his, yeah. all right, well, I guess we got to hear this motion. So bring can yeah. you guys please <laughs> right. the bench. Yeah. And, it was he was the George Lucas. Yeah, you know, he was just yeah, you know, I just don't know if I like it, but you guys got to bring yeah. it up now and come on up here and blah, blah, blah. I would have liked I, to have seen like Mills Lane as the judge in the OJ Simpson trial. <laughs> Mills Lane would have been a better judge. Like that would have been fucking TV, man. You know what I mean? Let's get it on. Like start to Cuz Mills Lane was a referee and a judge, wasn't he? Man, I sure have a, was. I have so much useless shit flowing around yeah. in my brain. And you like, could see Mills Lane as a judge. He, you could see him now. Get yeah. Now you sit down. Like yeah. He'd didn't be he have? Wait a minute. People. Wait a minute. Didn't he have a TV show where yes. he was a judge? judge? Mills Lane. Yes. Like before Judge Judy, before all that shit. Wasn't Mills Lane like have his own dispute court TV show? There was a Judge Mills Lane, yes. Not not to be confused with People's Court with Judge Wapner, who kind of looked like Mills Lane. A yeah, bit, Wapner was first. Mills, yeah, Mills Lane did have uh, a show. I I don't think it lasted a hell of a long time, but uh, oh, I've got to YouTube uh, that. 
Yeah, he did. Judge Mill. I think it was just called Judge Mills Lane. Wow. I can't believe I remember that. He was he was the man. He I can't even remember man. my briefcase in the morning for work or where I put my keys. But I remember that Judge Mills Lane was a syndicated TV series for about seven episodes after, you know, Tyson bit Holyfield's ear. Because <laughs> that, that, when Tyson bites Holyfield's ear, Mills Lane becomes a celebrity. Because well, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody, anybody who had any watched any boxing knew of Mills Lane because he had all the big, either him or that Richard, uh, what's that other referee? There? Richard Steele. Richard Steele, mm-hmm. you know, one of those two guys. Always or Mitch had Halpern. The big fights. Or Mitch Halpern. Yeah. It was a Mitch Halpern, yeah. No, I knew, I knew who Mills Lane was before Tyson bit Holyfield's ear. But the rest of the world didn't. He doesn't get that TV show yeah. without. Tyson by so Mills Lane should be thanking Mike Tyson if he's still alive, God rest his soul, for his shot at fame. And then then he be went in, I think, to Celebrity Deathmatch, the cartoon the uh claymation cartoon, you know, that science fiction series on MTV where the celebrities would fight. <laughs> you know? Cause celebrity deathmatch is science fiction according to the chat. So it's fucking everything science fiction according to the chat. Twitch is science fiction according to the chat. Playing the Muldog is a science fiction podcast now. Just, we've been rebranded. Science fiction podcast according to the chat. That's great. Yeah, Celebrity Deathmatch was a great show, man. But yeah, back to the Tiger King. So you actually seen it. I never saw it. I have it on my list. And I always get ready to push play. And I'm always like, I don't know if I really want to watch this. It just it has It's enjoyable. You'll 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 just be like, what the fuck is the matter with these people? Like, this is jammed up. Like, this is jammed up. And then you'll finish it, in my opinion, and you'll be like, I don't like anybody I saw in that show. I don't like a single person. That, that was at least my take. There's there's three kind of main tiger people, if you will. Yeah. And then uh, and none of them are likable, in my opinion. So it's like going to like and, a family party. Yeah, it's, it's, but they all have their own way of being annoying. So that's the thing. They all have their own way of like, this is why this guy's a tool. Now, you know, because I've been reading the chat, some people think the doctor is the worst guy and he's comes off very badly. And uh, Carol Baskin, she just, she's a special type of nasty. And then Tiger King guy. He's not as malicious per se. I don't think in his heart of hearts he's as nasty. He's just kind of crazy. He's probably a little crazier. But none of them come off well. Now, the Tiger King is in the can right now. Correct. Now, I don't know why he's in jail, but it explains why he's in jail in the documentary, correct? Yeah, yes, yes and no, but yeah. Because whatever have whatever he got arrested for, Carol Baskin did it. Well, that's what the internet tells me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but the Carol Baskin angle is is multifaceted. the The Carol Baskin big argument starts with the death of her first husband that she fed to a tiger. That's yeah. That's the kind of an underlying theme that. Uh, 
the interesting part of the whole thing is they're discussing this and, you know, she is sitting there with her second husband. Now her second husband is this total, uh, just, I don't know. I don't want to say the word, but he's just a total wuss. And, you know, you can just tell he's a total beta male. He's, he's like your boss cookies there. You know, he's just a chooch. And, uh, so he sits there with her and holds her hand and he's just a punk. But, uh, but anyway, he's a goober. (laughs) Stevie in the chat saying he's a goober. Yeah, he is. He's a total goober. He's a yes man. He's a yes man. Oh my God. Total, total yes man. Okay. So maybe I'll pick it up. Maybe I'll, I mean, I keep, I keep skimming over it and going on other things pretty quickly. It's it's not a major commitment. You can blow through it pretty quickly. Isn't there another one they just did? Netflix just did another one too, didn't they? Oh, the Jeffrey Epstein one. Yeah, they're pushing that hard. That that comes up every. Yeah, I, I didn't I see not, that one yet either. I have not got into that one yet. But I, I but I saw I saw that the Epstein one is like four episodes, and the Tiger King's like eight or ten, right? I think the Tiger King is seven, seven or eight. But they're quick. They're like the you know forty six minute jobbers. All right, I should so try it. Can, I haven't seen can, it. Yeah, you you can bang through it, but it, it you just it is enjoyable. But just there's also just a level of disgust with the whole thing. I mean, it, you really need a shower after watching it. <laughs> a bleach shower. <laughs> yeah, it's that's funny. Zapped up though, man. It's 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 interesting. That's funny. I'll check it out. You know, every time I go to watch it, I end up on YouTube watching conspiracy videos. So every time I turn on my PlayStation, I'm like, Netflix, YouTube, bologna sandwich, ham sandwich. All right, I'll go bologna and conspiracy. Tomorrow I'll watch Tiger King and eat a ham sandwich. So I always end up putting it off. I should just get it done. All right, guys. We hit our three-hour mark. Thank you so much for joining us. Moldog, I hope you had a good time tonight. Dude, I had a blast tonight. My insides, my insides are hurting, dude. My insides are hurting. The movie segment, the movie segment is just morphing into something I could have never even imagined. It's unbelievable. It just, it's just, just rip the bandaid off. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it means just hit Tiger King, hit play, and just let it keep going. Just let it go. Okay. You know, yeah. Before you know it, you'll be done. Maybe I will try it tonight. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Or the th- three episodes, actually. We did three hours. This will all be on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play over the weekend. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't subscribed already here, or excuse me, followed here already on Twitch, hit that follow button. I also do the video game show over here, too, as well as on Facebook Gaming. I'm over there. That's our main page, Ply and the Moldog. You can find us everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parlor, everywhere. So we appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. He loves you. Star Wars is not science fiction. Have a great night. We're out. Good night, Jessica. Peace. I just don't know how these guys think Star Wars is science fiction. These guys are crazy. I don't understand it. Oh, shit. My mic's still on. 